people like, call me the Bob Stock Lady. Why do you think people have a hard time talking about their own business? They want it to be easy. Like, this sweat. <sighs> this, this, every business is so different. How do you find the right employee? What are your goals? What are you actually trying to accomplish? It's fun and it's cool. You probably make hundreds of thousands, right? Of dollars on Bob Stock. Funny guns. Just... Yep. Why do we do all this shit? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Totem Podcast. I'm your host, Monijo Carrillo, and remember that an act of rebellion is to question. What's up, Eric? Not much here. Having a good time. Ready to finally put a face to the voice because she's on the radio a lot. She is, she's putting her voice out there. She has her own show, doing all these great things out in the community. And finally, for people to actually put a face face to her. So, so you can see her? No, yeah, that's great. So uh, I think we're, we're going to have a great uh, conversation today because we're both kind of in the same space. Yeah. Um, so, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm going to tell you that your digs around here are a little nicer than our studio because we're not on <laughs> camera. So this is like a whole new thing, but I, I'm pretty impressed. It's a pretty nice spot. No, How is it experiencing like the video side of the of the world? It's really different, right? Like I didn't come traditionally through like a broadcast um, school or background. I've just been around it since I was a little kid. So I never got that like side of the training on camera and stuff. So I'm just used to like... I do a lot of stuff from home, actually. I have, like, a home studio. And so, oh, like, really? like in my bathrobe in the morning, like, doing my show, like, that that's a behind-the-scenes thing. I don't ever talk about that. But, um, yeah, so it's, like, this how, is How does that work? Thing. Like, does working from home, is it, like, setting the... Do you have, like, your own, like, setup to just send signals mm -hmm. out? And yeah, yeah, so we have, like, a, a system or, like, a server that everything sends to, and so I can just hop on, go through my show, and so I can So you can be working from, from anywhere? Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, from home or in our studio, pretty much. So um, as long as I haven't done that for very long, but most days I'm in studio and right, uh, we can be live as much as we want. But sometimes with all the promotions and sales stuff that we do, it's convenient to be able to do that. It's pretty neat. How long or I guess, how did you get started in radio? I guess you said since since you were little and you guys yeah. have had the, the stations for forever, but like how, how was your first experience? How was it? Did you just say, like, yes. let me try this? No, my, my dad was a farm boy, and he spent a lot, a lot of time on a tractor, and he fell in love with AM radio. So when I was growing up, he worked part-time. Um, he had a full-time job at a natural gas company, but radio was always just kind of a side thing. So he was a sports broadcaster. So then when my sister and I were little, um, he would just take us with us, put him in the car, and we sat sidelines at football games, basketball games, volleyball games, when he was calling all of those games live. So I remember this kid getting a Christmas present that was like, it, it was a Walkman, guys, if I'm dating myself. It was cool, it was blue and yellow, and it was, it was a Walkman, but it was an AM, FM radio. And so some of these gyms were so loud that I would sit right in front of his broadcast booth and have headphones on and listen to it. So I literally grew up in it. Mm. And then when I went away to college, I, I thought I might want to do that, but I didn't know. So I didn't go to broadcast school. I went and went into marketing wondering if that's what I would do. And then after college, it just, like a lot of us probably, I, I just migrated back when there was an open spot at the station. And then this month, uh, next week, it'll be 15 years. That's so, wow. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah Congrats. super yeah. fun. Now I feel like I'm like the old lady on the block. Like I used to be like the young one. And now like I get around like you guys, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> how, how much of your day, because you said you went in marketing, mm -hmm. do you do more marketing stuff to being on the radio and prepping for that? Considerably more marketing. Yeah, okay. considerably more marketing. We, um, 
we can do our stuff, you know, really quick now and it's very routine and I just do a four hour um, show. So I spend way more time um, on the marketing side, working with local businesses and then um, events. Events is a big, big part of what we do and where we've kind of built our brand. So things like Bob Stock, we do, do an outdoor sports show and stuff. So that I spend a lot of time on those things. What's like your, I guess, your favorite topic to talk about on, on your show? Do you have just one, like, do you have just like one that you just love more than others or is um it just, just no actually you know everything we do is kind of short form as opposed to this where it's a long conversation it's usually just me getting people in and out of music so the format I'm on on Bob FM it is more music driven so for me it's just to engage people a little bit so talking about community events letting them know what's going on or one of my most fun things I guess is like um, on-air promotions or contests right so that we get a chance to kind of promote and talk about those things ticket giveaways for like concerts and stuff um, that's the kind of stuff I have fun with Okay, so you don't have like today I'm gonna talk about this and then you just go off for a few minutes no I more you have just... kind of segments for each um, okay. you know I do something like our water cooler question of the day and it's like a fun thing that is like a question and answer it's something based on you know um, Americans that have been surveyed in like the last month and it's kind of just a question and then it usually has kind of an outrageous answer or something. So we have a lot of stuff. There's a lot of really great prep tools for radio. And so there's a lot of things like that. So I do have a format in all of these different segments and stuff is kind of done on a schedule a little bit. I've, I've always wondered this, wondered this about radio. Is it all live or is there some like pre-recorded stuff that's going through there? Both. We, Both. we do. We have seven stations and we have certain ones that are completely live start to finish. And then we do a lot of what people call voice tracking, which allows us with the small staff to be wherever. And so um, where we can plug stuff in, make it sound live, but we don't have to um, be right there tied up for four or five hours. So we do a mix of both. So if you say something bad, like you still have the chance to cut it out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, if you're that's live, good. that's why we don't go live, because if we were for live, you know? I feel like live yeah. is just a different ballgame. Like, we've done like live events with like uh, MCC and stuff, and, mm -hmm. but it's like you physically being on the camera or being on air live, it, it's, it's, it's different. I like it. Um, yeah, everything we don't, we, we don't do everything live. If we're on site and doing a remote somewhere, it really scares people, not our staff, but other people to know they're on live, even if they're talking about their own business. So the fact that we will call back to the studio, we'll record those, and then we'll air them a couple minutes later. That really helps people because we, we try to, right? If, if you make a mistake, we just kind of roll with it. It's natural, it's authentic. But if, if there is something that comes up, yeah. we can correct it, right? Like that is, yeah, it's a concern, right? Why do you think people have a hard time talking about their own business when they're like on the spot? They're the ones that should know the most about it, right? Just they should, to be able to. They should be like the most excited to talk about them and their yeah. business. I find, and and you guys are probably like me, a little different. It's a microphone. You put a microphone in front of people, and they they freeze. And not even live or anything else. We'll just have people come in to cut their own radio ad, and they can be in a studio with themselves. I'll shut the door and let them sit in there. I've had grown men that shake, like, that sweat, 
the, the heavy <laughs> breeze that are like, is it is it hot in here? <laughs> and uh, it's it's I, I think it's something about a microphone and being on the spot. And people hate hearing their own voices. You guys like me are probably just kind of used to it. It's just part of what you do. But I find that's very no. foreign to a lot of people, right? So they just don't like it. They, and so I think their brain just kind of shuts down <laughs> when you put a microphone in front of them. I mean, honestly, that that's kind of how I was at the beginning. We, really? I would, just, I would get in front of the microphone, our first episode, hear ready to talk, and I'm just like, uh. Yeah. I don't know what's next. What are we going to talk about? It's just. Something it just in your brain with, just shuts <clears throat> down, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's just like realizing like. Why are you so nervous? You just have this thing in front of you. Like, yeah. Well, after you get going, you just forget about you do. Uh, you forget about about it and that it's there, and you just yep. Go. And you guys probably get it all the time, right? People are like, I don't know how do you do that. How do you how do you do that? How do you just go on and talk? Yeah. And it's a habit once you once you do it, and if you enjoy it, it just very much becomes second nature, right? Yeah, it just comes. You turn it on. You guys turn on the camera. You grab a mic and you just do it. And Sometimes. so it's a unique <laughs> skill. Yeah. I like it. It's an industry I've been in. You guys are in it. A lot of people aren't. And so I do find that that catches them a little off guard. With uh, You said like when you have people, they come do their own cuts and stuff for radio. I'm interested, like going now on the marketing side of it, because mm-hmm. most businesses, I mean, pretty much all businesses, we want great results. We want, yeah. but we want the biggest bang for our buck, but they don't want to spend some money. Yeah. So like, what do you think it's something like, is there a certain number or a set number that someone should invest or spend to be able to see results? It's it's based on the result that they want, right? And I think you and I have had this conversation. Sometimes I work backwards. And so if I'm sitting with a customer, it becomes, wait a minute, instead of let's record this and see what it does, it's more six months to a year, where do you want your business to be? What's the goal? Because I find people try to do too much, right? You, they they easily confuse their audience and they don't know what to go after. And so helping them decide what's the best fit, what they should be promoting, and then going, okay, let's back up and where do you want this to be in a year? That determines what I'm going to suggest they run. If they want really big results, they need to spend big money. If they go, hey, we're here, we're pretty consistent, we're not growing our business, we're just maintaining, I'm going to suggest something else. It really depends on where they want to take it. What percentage of business owners do you think come in and they have like no idea what they want to do? Like, they're just like, I, I want to promote, but I don't even know what to do. Half. How to make a plan, nothing. Half. I would say half of mine. What about you? You're in the same space. How many come to you? And Almost all of them, honestly. Yeah. A lot but of it's them. like that they, they, they know they need to do more because they've been doing something. They haven't got results with it or they haven't been doing anything. Mm-hmm. Or they've seen someone else doing stuff, so yeah. like, I, I need to do something. Yeah. Or, or they've been doing something, they've just been throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. And that's what I think you said is very important. Like, what are your goals? What are you actually trying to accomplish? And then work back from there. Yep. Because you can't just, like, start ramping up on, on like, advertising and stuff if you don't want to be at that spot yep. in a year. Yep. It just depends where you want to be. And you got to pick a focus, right? And to me, one of the easiest things when a business owner says, will you tell me what should what should I be promoting? I mean, to me, it becomes either what do you want to do more of or where's your biggest profit margin? Sometimes those are the same thing and sometimes they're not. So I have people that come to me and say, we're really happy in this space and we make the most amount of money, but now we're ready to enter into this and it's new. It's not going to be the main part of our business, but hey, we're selling X, Y, Z. 
um, or we're providing some kind of service, right? We sell trailers, but we service them. So that service piece, you know, now comes into play and they want to promote that. So it, it really varies. And I find it, you guys are the same. Every business is so different. And that's why I get frustrated with certain marketing companies or if people go out of town that they don't understand this market and they don't understand that every business is very unique and different. And you really have to tap into who your audience is, what you're trying to do. And that all determines what you need to spend. Where a lot of people, right, they focus on how much they can spend. Yeah. They're and just... that's sometimes that's an issue. Yeah, that's, that's like the, the... I have this much, and, and <clears throat> you'll never get, I guess, you can, but it's like saying, if you go to the dealership and just say, I got $1,000 or I got $30,000, I want to buy a car. Yeah. Well, that car that was $20,000, they're probably going to try to sell it to for 30 now. You know, I think it's... Or if you go in there, they'll probably up, try to upsell you on the $40,000 car too. So, like, so might I as well think, take a look at it. You're already there. So I think that's why, and I'm curious to know, like, I feel like you're almost a consult, business consultant at that point because those things they should kind of already internally know. Mm-hmm. What's my biggest profit? Make? What do I make more money off of? What ways to, where do I want to see my business in six mm-hmm. months? Where do I want to go? But then it seems like they don't and they just come, to, you know, they, they, they don't want even know it what to they're be, going. They want it to be easy. And I found that doing it for a really long time, you don't have to be a genius to do it, but it also, it isn't easy. It takes time and it takes thought. And I understand that small business owners are busy. They wear a lot of hats. We wear a lot of hats in our office but you have to be able to carve out time. And the ones who don't, no matter how much they spend, they typically don't see as good of results. If they're engaged in it, my customers who are engaged, they think it through. If they listen to our stations and they hear other things that they like and they're engaged in that, they're paying attention, it's it's not a surprise to me that then their ads tend to work better because there's some real thought and intention behind it versus the people who just go, I say, what do, you, what do you want to add? What do we want to promote? Well, I don't know. Aren't you the person who does that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I am. I can help it get there. But it is business owners really taking a look. I think asking their employees too, right? We sat down with our staff this last year and asked them to evaluate us a little bit. And we've looked at um, what are some of our opportunities we're not capturing? What are threats to us? What are things we do well? What are things we don't do well? And I know that sometimes is hard as a business to sit and look at your own business and grade it, right? Um, we did that and got really great feedback from our staff and it's dictating a lot of new things we'll do this year. We've never done that before. It was extremely productive. Would you, would you mind sharing something that you said that you guys didn't do good, that you guys, like everyone's seen it? You know it, it's our social media. That's why, I, that's why we called you. <laughs> it's like we're in the broadcast business and we know that. We don't deny we have social media pages for everything we do. But because we're so many stations in so many markets, things like Bob Stock as well, we even struggle in the marketing business to get our arms around it because I feel like I'm always spending time marketing other people's business, looking up information on their industry that we've kind of lost some, some things like that. So um, our community involvement our events are strong. Our, our radio product, our team really agree to our strengths, weaknesses. We're honestly telling people, putting our story out there, um, making sure that everything we do on social media, on the radio, that it kind of all comes together. Um, and then uh, just cross-promoting certain things that we do in different areas because we do a lot across Northeast Colorado. 
you said you have you like you guys did your retreat with your employees and if you guys want their feedback that means you guys kind of value and respect them and stuff and they probably have to be pretty good at what they're doing how do you find the right employee because not just they're they're doing stuff but they're all some of them are also like on the radio and actually have like yep. their own little segments yep. and stuff so it's it, it's a, I think like any business, question, huh? it's a challenge. I can say right now for the first time since I've been here in 15 years, it's been more than two years since we've turned over a single employee. That's never happened, which tells us we're doing something right, right? We got, we're running a little smaller staff than we have. We run on 14 people. We've run on 16 to 17 most of the time I've been at the stations. So we're, I think that's now we're doing really well with the staff we have. We're tapping into their unique things that they do. Again, we're a little unique in that a lot of our guys come out of broadcast school and a large a large percentage of our employees are sports broadcasters. It's what they do. It's what they love. And they're coming out here a lot of times from all over the country. Um, and they're coming out to really cut their teeth as 19 to 22 year old kids and do a lot of live sports broadcasting. So us just kind of using other guys who have been with us for a long time in that we've got a guy, our local guy here, Scotsman was 18 years doing sports. So it's about getting those guys to come to work for us, but it's mentoring them um, to get a lot better at, at what they do. What's the biggest challenge for you, like managing people? Managing? Managing people? Yeah, um, managing like your employees and kind of... They were spread out. They were spread out. Office to office from Fort Marine to Ray were 90 miles apart. So for me, I go out there every week by the time I leave my house, by the time I get all the way to Ray and back, I mean, it's 200 miles in a day. Getting our staff to work as one unit and all of our stuff interconnects, right? All of our systems interconnect with the push of a button. We're sending audio and stuff all over the place. Um, so that can be easy. But, right, making sure the right hand knows what the left hand is doing when we have four locations and 14 employees is one of the biggest challenges, right? So that was another thing with our staff was just communication. And for us, that's an easy one, right? Because it just always has to be improved. I don't think you've ever like mastered communication in any business, right? So I find that as one of the bigger challenges. You, you guys said you guys like took the retreat and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. How how often do you guys do that? Do you guys use like once a year or Big how long ago did you guys start? Um, we've probably done that like for about seven, eight years. Something? Yeah, like go out, get away and, and actually like Ask your employees, like, hey, what do we do good? We, mm -hmm. What could we do better? We started that seven, eight years ago, six, seven years ago. And then we do kind of a summer <coughs> one that's more of like a quick meeting for maybe an hour, touching base on things. And then it's more like a summer barbecue. We've done some really fun stuff. We've rented a boat and gone out on uh, North Sterling Reservoir and all just like gone out on a boat for the afternoon and then go to dinner. Um, our retreat is like a typically like half day indoor Christmas party kind of a thing. And we just started feeling the need to find at least twice a year that we make sure that all our staff gets together where it also can be fun. Like we've established part of our culture at media logic is that we're in the broadcast business and we're, it's fun and it's cool. And so making sure that we give opportunities with our own staff to do stuff that's fun and cool, um, is kind of a big part of it. So, um, so yeah, we've done that. So twice a year, we kind of have all mandatory group meetings, 
And then we break off in smaller groups once a month. But um, yeah, it's been quite a few years. And I, I think our best one ever was just in the past couple of weeks. We spent a lot of time getting feedback from our staff in advance, as opposed to getting a lot of content at the meeting. We kind of did a whole bunch of meetings and research ahead of time and then kind of presented what the collective decisions were and where we're going this next year. If you don't mind me asking, like, whose idea was kind of to put something like that together? Because usually I think it takes a lot out of a business owner to be like, I'm probably not doing something good. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Usually the ego doesn't let business owners do that. We're a very unique structure. I haven't found one like it that my dad is our owner and operator, but my sister and I both work for him. So it's as we've been there longer and longer, it's kind of the three of us working in tandem. And it's really funny because you have somebody very well experienced that's been a business owner for, you know, 25 odd years and my dad. And then you have my sister and I, different generation. And so we're pushing some things. So I think we push him and he educates us, right? So there's a really interesting dynamic that I don't know that you see very often and you really don't see very often in the broadcast, in the radio business. That's pretty unheard of. Um, there aren't a ton of small radio groups <coughs> left. There's some here and there. There's a one-off station here and there. Um, we keep finding, and that's not me saying that, it's people we work with, it's other people in the industry we get content from, we are, we are a little different. We run on a really high volume and we have a lot of stations for being a really small home-owned group. So that's kind of cool. Um, but it, I think it's taking all three of us to kind of go, all right, things are shifting. We want to grow our business. My dad's over 60 now. So I think he always says he's never going to retire, but he also knows he wants the time to slow down. So I think that's spurring some of these conversations and things that we're going to have to look at doing things different as he wants to play a little more golf during the week. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good balance though. You have like your dad who has like this, all this experience. Mm -hmm. Some people might say it's like, oh, he's stuck in his ways, but I think it's more like he has experience and he has like the kind of like puts the the brakes like, hey, like let's let's think about yeah. this for a minute, and you get and then you and your sister bring all these like new cool fun ideas sure. that I like to try out. It's like, yeah, you need a, a good balance of both. Yep. I think. How much of discussions though do you guys have? Because like at the same time, it's like he's your dad, but then it's like. We're on the job, so it's like, <laughs> how are those conversations usually like? You know what's really funny that you say that? There are there was somebody that walked into our office. It's maybe been a year or two, and they come in on the radio every month, and they've known my dad for years. My sister sits at the front desk. Our office is, is very open. There's not a lot of doors. There's some space, but not a lot of doors in our office. They had been around all of us for years, <clears throat> and I don't know what event it was that somebody said something, and they all of a sudden realized that we were all related Oh, they and didn't know. They didn't know. I mean, mm -hmm. we all have different last names. So somebody was like, what? And I've had people go, well, I knew you and your dad. I've seen you somewhere. But I didn't know that that gal that sits at the front desk is your sister. And I'm like, yeah. So um, it it is a, a really different dynamic. And it's, I don't know. It's just, ask me the question again. <laughs> I forgot it. I got do, do, you, do you feel like those conversations uh, like with each other, oh, like the dynamic oh, yeah, is, is yeah. easier or is it Working harder? Working with family, yeah. 
it has its challenges, right? You guys do it too. And it's, um, there are things that are so good about it. It's always a place where I can give my exact opinion and not worry that I'm going to get fired, right? <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Um, <laughs> we'll see after this. Challenge accepted, um, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, hey, come into my office. Um, no, I think my dad is extremely good at keeping kind of open dialogue and letting even other people, it's not just about us three, we rely a lot on all of our staff and let them make a lot of decisions, let them try a lot of things within reason. So that's good. I will say again, where I talked about kind of being the older lady, we used to go at it and argue about a lot of things a lot more often and disagree. And it's like one of those things, right? Like you've seen the commercials, like becoming your parents. I hate to admit it and he better not watch this, but like... The older you get, the more you're like, well, God, he makes a lot of sense. Like this. <laughs> and so, like, that's how I know I'm getting old is that he does. Like, we argue less and I, like, agree with him a lot more. But, um, you know, social media is kind of a, a hot topic for us where, you know, my dad's over 60 and he's like, I get it. I know it's there. I won't negate it, but I'm not going to be the one to do it. So we're looking at some of our younger employees going, hey. How do we bring this in as part of our brand, right? How do we help other businesses and how do we get our arms around, you know, because there's new stuff. You guys are more in that business than me. There's just new stuff coming out all the time, right? There's new Facebook algorithms. So you have to figure out how to better promote your business. And so we're relying really on a lot of our younger staff to help us through that. Yeah, and I think that's huge because like, like you just said, there's so much new stuff coming out, social media, like do this, do this. And then you start dabbling. I mean, I think we're all kind of like, uh, it's happened to all of us. We start doing it, but then we got to make sure what is our brand and what's our core values mm-hmm. and not do that. Like me, you're probably never going to see me TikTok dancing. Now, that's yeah. not me, you know. I don't know. Well, maybe really? Cool. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I know. You, know, you just need to put the do right you, song on. Do you on, floss? Maybe. I don't know how to do it either. But. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's probably not me. So it's like, I don't know. So it's, yeah. but there's, then there's, there's some trends. stuff that, that, that just hop on the trends and it's like, that's cool. It might get you more views, but is it, you know, are you in line with your brand? And right. are those views actually getting you more sales or are they just kind of just seeing it and but, laughing yeah. at you? Like, well, what's well, the goes, objective? It goes back to, like, what's your objective? Are you doing it for just to get more likes, more views, or you, do you want more clients, right. more actual, like, uh, Yeah, what are you trying to that? do, right? What's the intention behind it? And our staff is looking at that going, yeah. We know we can be fun. We know we're the guys that do Bobstock and we bring a music festival. So that's a big part of our brand but we don't want to be cheesy. We need it to make sense. We're still in broadcast business. And then we still go out and consult and work with other businesses. And so, so yeah, staying ahead of those trends, but also figuring out who we are is something we're working really hard on. You mentioned Bob stock. There's a lot of people. I mean, we were talking about it the other day, but you probably make hundreds of thousands, right, of dollars on Bob stock when you guys put it you're, together. You're I'm, I'm going to, like, you guys want the inside track? Yeah, because me, this get, is probably, I will school. tell you the two most. Get the money guns. Is, yep, yep. Just, no, I will right. tell you the two things that come up most often about Bob stock. There, there's a myth out there that we make a lot of money off of Bob stock. I wish we did. We've never lost money on Bob stock. It is not a revenue generator for our stations in itself. Reason being the cost. And I've been called in on so many meetings now over the years of people who go, oh, we want to put on a concert here. Can we talk to you and pick your brain? I'm always happy to. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of how much things in that industry cost. Booking bands, what what a lot of people don't understand when you book a band for, let's say, $50,000, 
that does not include sound or anything that puts them on a stage. So people would be like, oh, fans yeah, are fifty thousand dollars. Is that how much they are? That's crazy. Like, uh, I got to steal from my the wrong in, Are we in the wrong industry? <laughs> but that's without a stage. That's without sound. Okay. So yeah, we're in that hundreds wow. of thousands of dollars. And we're getting all of that sponsorship locally. There's no magic fairy. There's no grant. There's no, we don't generate money because we don't sell tickets, which was always the intention, right? So we, we challenge ourselves. And, and I asked my dad years ago, cause it was kind of his idea. He threw out in a meeting years ago. And this year we're planning year 16. So the first one happened before I even worked there. So it was just like, yeah, radio stations, they throw concerts. Like, you know, we'll do a little thing at the park. It's good for promotion. Da, da, da. And it was a few years ago when we had like Tone Loke and Young MC. We literally were like, do you think back in 2007, this was your vision? Like the year you brought rappers, like <laughs> 90s rappers to the stage. And like, that's our joke. It took on a life of its own because local businesses and people support it. And that means they keep. We keep finding really unique ways to monetize it so we can pay for everything. It's a very, very expensive event the way we've grown it. So there isn't a lot of room for us to make a lot of money off of it. The flip side, so people say, right, why do you do it? If you're not making money and it's a ton mm -hmm. of work, why do you yeah, do it? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's a big part of our brand. And if we turn around and look, it's called Bob Stock because Bob FM is where we got that. So 97.5 Bob FM um, it is why we named it that. It's no surprise to me that Bob is like our most popular station. Bob is the one people recognize, they love, it's its own thing. So Is that like the main one that you guys like I guess? It depends have? on what area you're in. It's not our biggest like reach station. It's not. But it is the one we hear about the most often. It's one that other people say, Oh, I want an ag programming on this station or something. But a lot of times people say, I know I have to be on Bob. Or so and so told me if I'm gonna put radio if I'm gonna do any radio advertising, it has to be on Bob. So it has a cult following and it has a really great following of listeners to it. So we know that Bob stock has all of these effects in what we do all throughout the year on Bob. So it's paid us tenfold, but we don't walk away. We've been told that so many times. Well, I'm sure that's just a huge revenue generator for you guys. It's really not. We have to work really, really hard to not lose money on that event because it, it, it is, it's, it floors me now to look at, all of the things. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> why? Everything just costs a lot. And post COVID things went through the roof. So we'll keep doing it as long as sponsors will keep supporting it so we can pay the bills. Um, and we, we like it. It sets us apart from our competitors. It, it does a lot of things for us. We don't sit there and line our pockets with Bob stock dollars. We just don't. And that's interesting. You said it's a part of you guys' brand. It is. They're like for other businesses to know. People like, call me the Bob Stock lady. They're like, oh, you from Bob Stock. <laughs> they don't know my name, but they know that we do that, right? And that's important for like other businesses to know. It's like sometimes to build your brand, it's going to cost you a little bit of money. You might mm -hmm. not make any money, might break even, might lose a little bit of money. But if it's a part of your brand and yep. that's like what you want to be known for, yep. then you got to like work at it. Or there's other ways to brand too. People there think is. just like, I need to make just say, and, or for example, I need to be on the radio and that's my branding, that's it. Or I just need, I have a logo and that's my branding. It's like, well, no, there's different ways to there brand is. your stuff. Another thing, kind of like on Bobstock, um, a big thing, because I mean, I think they're on the come up, like the food trucks are everywhere. Yeah. But then I think there was a lot of 
that were butthurt, a lot of food trucks that they weren't yeah. able to get in. But we were having that conversation uh-huh. the other day, like the capacity that they can, they don't have the capacity or, right? It really depends. Um, we always want people to know that our local market is first and foremost what we want to serve. But we found that we've grown the event to the point that I don't know just local vendors can serve that. There's also people now that travel from all over and we want this really nice variety. So if we're going outside of, let's say, Morgan County seeking vendors, typically it's because it's something we don't have here. We brought out Super Smash Burgers last year. Well, I haven't found a food truck anywhere in Northeast Colorado that specifically does Smash Burgers. So we want one to come, right? So then, um, you know, a mac and cheese truck. There's several that travel here, but there is nobody here who has a mac and cheese truck. That thing has a line around the block all day. So we make sure that we have a lot of local vendors and we never want to turn them away. But... The calendar flips to the first of the year and we already start getting people. We don't even have an application ready quite yet and we're getting calls every day. And I get the same with bands. January comes around and people start planning their year and they start calling. Our phones start ringing for that January 2nd every so, year. So then you guys don't go out and look for them. People are starting to come all. to you guys. Not in, No, we don't anymore. They literally almost always come to us. Unless for some specific reason we're looking for something or we find that there's a miss somewhere so yeah we get pushback sometimes that we don't do enough for local vendors and that's never the intention because you guys attract thousands of people like if you're going to have someone there they have to be able to like serve the community or serve the people who are there Mm -hmm. if not then it kind of looks bad on you guys like if if they're used to serving say 100 people that came during the whole day well, now you got 10,000 people in front Mm -hmm. of you like it's it's It's, it's a little different you're you're not used to it and that's even a thing for uh conversation me and Eric were having too. It's like a lot of business owners are like, I want to grow my business. I want to get a hundred new clients. It's like, well, in reality, do you have your systems and everything set yeah, up for a hundred more Can you actually handle clients? that? Like, honestly, if I, mm-hmm. not now, like us, yeah, I probably couldn't go take a hundred clients right yeah. now. So yeah. it's like, you got to be honest with like, this is what I can do mm-hmm. to be able to best serve. Yep. But sometimes we get, the ego gets gets mm-hmm. to us a little sure. bit and we think we're better than we really are. <laughs> and with Bob Stark, we try to tell everybody, our goal is that you make money. We love it when organizations like the Fort Morgan Chamber and Economic Development, they now run our beer garden. I love it when they they make a lot of money off of our beer garden to put back into nonprofits. I love that we'll let anybody have a booth. Food vendors are a little different. We'll work with anybody to get them a booth space as long as they get in touch with us enough in advance. And then we want businesses to make money. Like we put, we take it as a huge feather in our cap when we hear that Queen Lounge has their best weekend ever on Bob Stock Weekend. That's the goal. Otherwise, we'll <coughs> stop doing it. If it's a if it's a hindrance more than it helps local business, we won't do it anymore. But all of our indicators anymore, as it's grown, say that the majority support it. They like it, and that it's good for business and it's good for nonprofits. So that's the goal. So right? even though like the beer garden is like right there, like Queens is still having their the best weekend that they. Yeah. Yeah, and we introduced, you know, Club Tap kind of entering into the fold. And then you have other restaurants, right, that that serve beer. We're conscious of that, and we want to grow smart. We want to accommodate the people that come. We want to, right, we've probably all been to events that you go, and you're like, oh, my God, there weren't enough bathrooms. I stood in line forever. I couldn't get a beer for 45 minutes. That sucked. So we pay close attention to there's that balance between taking care of vendors and booths. We want them to make money. We don't want them leaving saying there were 10,000 people, but I didn't even make, I could have gone to something a fraction of the size and made way more money. So we don't want that to happen. But we also 
we we get a lot of comments from just people who now travel from out of state or out of town who don't live around here and come to the event and they're real quick to critique it and if they don't have a good experience what are we doing right so there's that balance too in also serving that consumer and so sometimes that's at odds with what one food truck thinks they should make in a weekend right mm-hmm so we, we need it to look nice. We need it to be clean. We need them to be able to get food, beer, and a bathroom quickly. I mean, the amount of time we spend talking about porta potties in regards to Bob's talk, <laughs> you guys would not believe. <laughs> it's way less than it takes me to do a radio show. Let's put it that way. We have to spend a lot of time with those things. And then we have to sit down with the city of Fort Morgan and we have to lay out a plan for all those things. So there's there's a lot of moving parts. It just reminded me we're talking about the porta potties that reminded the, you, but the, the porta potties was it. The, when we're talking about the like pretty much what our capacity is and how good we really think we're better. Mm-hmm. So I actually had somebody I won't say their name, but they called us. They were looking for a job, mm-hmm. and then I was talking over the phone. I was like, "How much do you want to make?" That's what I told him. Well, I'll make a million dollars a week, and I was like, and then he just like gives a little chuckle. I was like, "Cool. What are your skills? Are you worth that a million dollars a week?" And he just shut the fuck up and he hung up on me. <laughs> but it's kind of like, like we think we're more than it is. But and then I told him that, and then he, like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's yeah. thinking. But it's just interesting. We all want to make a million dollars, but sure. then it's like, are you willing to do the are stuff that it's going to work? Are you even worth it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most, exactly. Most times we probably are. You know, if, <laughs> you know, if that's what we're going for. Because if mm-hmm. we were worth the million dollars, we'd be asking for ten million dollars, maybe. You know. Sure. But um, I wanted to ask you another thing, like. An observation, if 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 you allow me, for mm-hmm. Bob Stock, since I'm Hispanic, yeah. there's not. I don't think there's much stuff like for Hispanics, like say yeah. music wise or stuff. Yeah, I think Hispanics were always down to party. So I think if there was something like Hispanic wise, I think people yeah. would be down. Like I can tell you, you're already jumping the gun on our announcement, but no, that nope. is something that <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Cut no. it. <laughs> yeah. If we could just cut that, that'd be good. no, no, it's not a secret. It's it's something we know. I can sit right here and tell you it's not my realm. And so people keep approaching me with that saying, you should do this. And I say, great, help me do it. Help me understand. I don't even know where to start and what will appeal to a wide range of people who are coming to Bobstock. So if you can help me with that, I will take suggestions on anything. I can tell you we had a local business that came to us and said, hey, we would help incorporate and pay for that. So it is 100% something that is more focused. It's something I've wanted to do for several years. How do we do it? And now that we have five stages, now that I have a business on board that's like, hey, we think we could cater to that. We think we could do some fun things with that. Um, So... I'm always taking suggestions. Who should we bring? How should that look? And so it is something we will incorporate more of. And I've been challenged by that for the last, it's probably been a topic for about three years. And so every time I've looked at it, I think this year I have somebody going, I'll pay for the bands. And I had somebody else that said, I'll get you some, I'll get you bands that will draw. So, um, you guys are always welcome. Help me throw, throw your hat in the ring, throw me (laughs) bands, throw me ideas. Um, that will make that fun because it really needs to be part of Bobstock because it's a big part of our culture here, right? And um, a lot of people, it, it's Bobstock, and for a lot of years we stayed kind of on point to that classic rock, but we've we slowly gone more and more, and I get bluegrass bands and other bands, and when you have so five broad, stages, yeah. I think we can do whatever we want and not be off-brand because you do have five stages. So I think it's a part that you're right. We've not intentionally ignored, but we we haven't 
taken as much time and effort to go, okay, what does this demographic want and how do we get it here? So that is a huge push for this year and something I think you're going to see a lot more of. Yeah. Now, to be completely to be completely fair, you probably get, you should do this. Like we were just saying, yeah. you should do that. And it's like, I, from the I, outside I tell Rick too. In. Yeah, sure. from the outside looking in. But then from like a business owner, you tell me, I, I have this thing and I tell Rick too. It's like, you don't want to be the employee that's always just bringing the, the owner more problems. Sure. You can bring him a problem, but bring him a solution. Absolutely. Don't just bring him a problem because he's going to fucking fire you. Sure. <laughs> like if you're just bringing him mm-hmm. problems all day. And understand that everything when it comes to event planning is not black and white, right? So people say, well, this layout, you should have put this over here. Well, something like power. We work all year round and the city power department are like some of the best guys on earth. We work with them all the time, but right there are constraints with where we put things based on power. Stages can only go certain places because you have to have power to go to them because we don't want 20 generators just running all over town because mm-hmm. then people complain about the noise from generators, right? So, right, you you attend and you look at things surface level, and I'll always take anybody's feedback because we by no means, we've done it. We by no means have everything figured out. And there are, I get great suggestions all the time. Or people bring me bands all the time, and we've literally gone after ones that we hadn't thought of. I had somebody walk in my office this week and go, hey, do you have your band book for Bob Suck? And I said, I'm working on something. And they said, you need to get this band. And I said, you know what? They've been on our list for a long time. And he said, we'll just get them here. <laughs> just do it. Sure. Sure. But we'll take those suggestions all day long. We can't implement all of them. But... We spend a lot of time and there's like a method to our madness on pretty much where every single 10 by 10 space goes, where every porta potty is set, where every trash can is done. It may not all be perfect because, right, a lot of people come in and stuff shifts, but we work really hard and a lot of time on laying out everything and having our arms around everything that happens. Um, but we're not above making adjustments. Another thing that, I'm, that I was thinking just now is the, uh, I know you guys are like limited for space, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. like maybe more things for like kids to do, like yeah. maybe even like rides or something. Mm-hmm. I know that's obviously a limited amount of space to like fit that in there. And then you go yep. back to the power thing. It's like, you know, have a bunch of generators going too. I need like somebody to knock down a building, like a large building downtown and just have a parking lot. So seems we like, can- seems yep. like you got an idea. Which one? Which one are we taking? <laughs> You've hired no, it already. I will not say which bank, but no. Because <laughs> there's a lot down there. But it's like... We would love that, or we would love multiple pockets or different areas to do it. And again, I will take anybody's suggestion. We haven't found the right space because we have people approach us who can bring rides. It's not a lack of like, how would we do that? We can do it. Where are we going to put it? Like a real, like legit ride. Where Where's the infrastructure and where can we put them that will work? Um, so it's not a lack for wanting a lot of those things. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. we're probably just here bombarding you with stuff on shoulds. Not at all. <laughs> these, are every, these are everything people bring. And again, sometimes it, it is where I go, oh, my God, we never thought of that. That's genius. So now, now that we just were telling you, like, yo, you should do this, you should do that. How important is it for you as you're growing and you get more people trying to get in your ear to say no to things? Because we have to think- say no a lot more. And we've had to train my dad. My dad's just that guy that's always, we'll make everything work. And we used to. And then we got big enough that we can't. We can't let everybody do what they want. We can't let everybody show up and go, well, I don't want this booth space. I want that booth space. So the joke in our office is we have to remind Wayne to say no. Like, hey, you have to, we have to say no. 
we hate that because it's not really in our nature with what we do. And we, we, it does suck. It is a real headache on that weekend or even ahead of time. We have to have hard cutoffs where we cut off booths now two weeks in advance because it takes that long to go lay them out and double check power and all of these things. We sometimes could add, I'm not kidding, 40 to 50 booths in the last two weeks. We cannot adequately plan for that in that short of amount of time. So we have to say no. And we get people that get really mad about it. And we don't want that to be the case, but we also, the people that did sign up early, we have an obligation to take care of them and make sure that we do things and hopefully do them right. Um, do you so, think the people that don't sign up and don't get that and get really mad don't really have a, a full understanding how business works? Yes, yes, or events. I find that there's business and events are just a whole other thing. And I feel like that's been my realm for a long time and it's something I enjoy a lot of people just think you can just put on an event and it's easy. And if you're good at them, it's about, it's not about the five major things. Like for me, it's not about getting the band on stage. It's the 1700 emails. I'm not joking that it takes to reach out to a band, to negotiate contracts, to deal with their five people, to get approval on every single ad that we put out, even on our own stations, every single picture that we do. I mean, when you deal with big bands, there are restrictions 15 pages long. Wow. We're dealing with that right now. I mean, we're going through contracts and having to do that. So it starts there. That has nothing to do with the stage and the equipment. It has nothing to do with then um, where they stay, the logistics of how we get them here. Getting them on stage and once they're there is like, it's nothing. The planning right now to get them here and agree and get them to understand our event it's, it's 400 tiny details. And, and that's what events are about. It's about the teeny tiny details and doing them well. It's less about any of the big things. And that should go like and show people like how much work <laughs> actually goes into it. It's yeah. January 2nd. You said you're already starting to get emails and stuff about it and trying to schedule stuff mm -hmm. in already. We're in deep discussions on Thanksgiving. There have only been one other time that in November we were working on stuff. I know that we're going to have a good year when we do that because it just means we're ahead. Because sometimes we don't we don't dictate bands. They kind of get to dictate to us, right? I mean, we're a pretty small event in comparison. And so when we sit down to negotiate, it, it takes a long time. It really does. And so um, so yeah, it is it takes it it now takes there is not a month out of the year that we are not doing something with Bob Stock. Not not a single month, maybe a few weeks here and there. But it, it, whether we're brainstorming, whether we're putting out bids, whether we're looking at contracts, whether we're starting to talk to sponsors and vendors, it's literally every month out of the year. Seems like you're very busy doing so many different things. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know, like either in the past, now, or, you know, what are some insecurities or things that you think have held you back from achieving oh, yeah. more higher success? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um. It is, it is doing too much, right? Like, I like the ability to do things, and I feel like a lot of what we do is in my realm. But there are some times that I go, you know what? I think I'd be more effective if I slowed down. Um, I, th I think if we shed and didn't do some of these things. I mean, 
I love Blobstock and it's a passion project, so that's never going to go away. But sure, there are certain times that I go, do you know how more more effective and how much more I could do for businesses I work with if I didn't deal with Blobstock? Because there are so many things. So when you say insecurity... Um, or not insecurities. It, it doesn't have to be insecurities, but like something that like with doubt or something that you think just something that has stopped you from being able to like say unlock the next level to oh, yeah. yourself. Like it doesn't have to be business, personal, like whatever, whatever. You think. It's a work life balance, right? Um, I, I have a daughter that's just turned a year old and, and, and you have kids. Um, stopping for a second when you're a mom too, to two kids and trying to balance and we run at a fast pace um on top of bob stock and the radio station with the movie theater five years ago our life very drastically shifted and so while that can complement a family life then we turned around and had a baby and yeah there are times that i go i love what i do on a daily basis i love it is it always what's best for my kids we're dragging our kids along to the theater all the time or they've got only mom or dad home at night because one of us is at the theater. I'll leave here tonight and I'm at the theater tonight. That means my husband's on pickup duty and he's putting the kids to bed so I won't see them tonight, right? So I think a lot of parents sit there and have that doubt sometimes. Like, I know I love this. Can some of this wait until my kids are older or or I don't know that we can go to the next level if I want them to have a mom that's engaged at home and have the energy to do both. That's probably the biggest thing. How do you balance it all? Is there a balance? It depends on the day. <laughs> some days, no. Like, some days my hair's on fire, and I stop and just go, why do we do all this shit? Like, why? Yeah. Like, and, you know, the popcorn business is one. The, you there know. You go. Keep them entertained with popcorn, your kids. They do. <laughs> my my six-year-old is money. <laughs> she She's ready to run a cash register and pop popcorn, and so six-year-old is great. The one-year-old can't get her shit together to help run the movie theater. She's like of no help whatsoever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like in addition to everything you're doing, you're now adding in this popcorn stuff. Yeah. The movie theater and gourmet popcorn. Um, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. My brother-in-law is the ultimate entrepreneur. Um, and so that was something we did the big remodel at the movie theater that, that we added in. I know when I walked in, I gave you guys samples Again, it's fun. I, it, it is part of our brand because it's fun and it's entertaining. And going to the movies or going to Bob, whatever it is, we found popcorn compliments pretty much anything that we do. So it is fun um, to do, but it's another layer. It's more employees. It's more ordering in of stuff. It's more time um, to do that. So, yeah, there are absolutely times that I think we go, you know, we just get through the holiday season and it's like, are we up for doing this again? Like, that's a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, and then you're like, yep, let's go. Let's go. Let's just keep going. So it, it does. I don't know if you guys are like that, but some days you're like, you know there's so much more you can do, and then some days you want to step back and do less. There's days where I have planned, like, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff, but then got one bump in the road, one bump, the software stops working, and then you're kind of just stuck there trying to fix it. When Eric sure. wants a day off, he just blames that the software's not working. So <laughs> he's like, my computer's down. I don't know what's happening. I can't do anything for three Maybe days. I if only. That. I don't know. If but only. No, the software's down. They're like, Lindsay, you don't use software. Do you need this? <laughs> like, oh, okay. The, those days are harder than the days where, where it actually is working. Yeah. Can you just stress out? Yeah. Stress so much more about, like, why isn't this going? You know, being 
being a small business owner, it's it's not for anybody who's weak, right? It is a it is the toughest thing. And you do, I find in, in this market, in particular in small markets, you do, you wear a lot of hats and you just have to be ready to do all the things that need to be done if you want to be successful. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's just like, for me, it's, I'm a, it's just like what we do. It's yeah. like, it's sometimes it sucks too. you're doing it, you know, yeah. but it's just sometimes it's just what you do. And, it is. And me, I like, personally, I like to live a little bit more, uh, I guess, on edge. I guess there's balances mm-hmm. to it, yeah. but it's more... I don't want to be just sitting there like, I wonder what I'm going to do today, just sitting at right. home. Like, no, that's no. not me. Yeah. No, I don't so know what that would be like, to be honest. But I find it. And again, the theater is this cool compliment. It's so different than the radio business. And I found out that going into that and just getting crushed with a, you know, we bring in like Avengers Endgame a few years ago and it's just sellout show after sellout show. And it's just crazy. We have fun. My dad comes in. You'll find my dad back making pretzels. Um, I love running the box office. My brother-in-law is out you know, running for mayor is really good. My husband's making sure all the movies start. He does all the tech and back end of that. And my mom will make sure everything's clean and popcorn's off the floor, right? So there's six of us in a partnership on that side. And that is a fun thing that it's another job. And once in a while, it feels like it. But we also tell people that sometimes it's just fun nobody's mad to come to the movies i've never seen anybody pissed off to walk into the movie theater they're there to have fun they bring in their kids their families and stuff so there's also this really fun level of enjoyment out of that where it doesn't always feel like work and i think that's why you can handle more stuff because it is like you said you have fun fun and like you said with boss like it's a passion project Mm -hmm. like you're not doing it for the money you're doing it because you like to do it so that's what makes it a little bit more bearable, you can take on more responsibility. And but there's always... To, to make it... Sorry to cut you no, off. I was just going to say, to challenge it for both of you guys a little bit, like, yes, it's fun, but it's not fun where you're just getting your ass kicked and it's not making, like, no money either. Like, either. No, you're right. There, there has mm-hmm. to be a time There's where a level of stress fun, if you can't make it work, exactly. right? Exactly. And then Everybody else has got to think everything you do. Absolutely. And... And the movie theater does, it, it's really good. People come every day, right? Um, the challenge to that is it's open every day. There's a lot to that. Um, but then Bob Stock can be stressful for that, right? It's like, well, we don't have an option. We have to bring in sponsorship and we have to pay for these things. And it's gotten easier now. But in early years, there is, a yes, a level of stress and going, can we actually pull this off? And now there's a confidence level that, yes, we will pull this off. Off. we've done it enough but but yeah if we weren't doing it and if if we lost it and lost money on that thing for multiple years yeah we wouldn't still be doing it we wouldn't be able to yeah it wouldn't be fun yeah so everybody says like oh you have your you have your own business that's awesome you get to choose your own hours yes that's it's, a, that, it's a double-edged sword <laughs> because yes you can work whenever you want but if you don't keep yourself accountable you're you might be slacking off if you just want to live that entrepreneurial life but if you actually want to get stuff done yep. you're gonna be working more hours than yeah. you were at a regular job. And sleep a little less at night. How many times in the middle of the night you guys wake up and you're like, oh, I have this idea. Or, oh, I want to do this. Or, oh, like, that happens to me all well, the time. My middle of the night is like... It's hard to shut it off. Eric's 5 a.m. Yeah. Eric, yeah. Yeah, Eric, Eric's a, a vampire. Are you? I'm, I'm a night owl. Are you? Yeah. I'll, See, I'll I would better, I'm not early in the morning. I can be up 4, 4.30 in the morning, like, starting to... And that's, that's when I'm going to bed. Really? Yeah. Some yeah. Sometimes I'll set up to, like, 3, 4, 5 in the morning, whatever, really? and just... Sometimes for me, once I get in a, in a groove, 
I have to keep going yeah, you just have because to do when it. you're in a groove, you just that's mm-hmm. when you get mo- the most of your your, sure. your work done. And then yeah. he's texting me in the morning. I mean, I'm when he's going to sleep, I'm almost waking up. I'm like, uh-huh. did you just wake up? Or are you really going to sleep? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Was that the, the other day? I sent you a messenger. Like, are you still awake? You still awake? And he had just gone to sleep. I was like, and I'm waking up. So, I mean, that's I'm fine. more of morning too. So, mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a challenge too, like communication stuff. Like he's ready to go early in the morning and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, Is that it's, good though? Does that work well for your business? Sometimes. Yeah, so, depends on what it is. If, uh, like for meetings and stuff, it's like a little harder to like work around because obviously mm-hmm. it's better to get stuff done like earlier in the morning so you can use the rest of the day to like get your stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um but his early morning is different than my early morning. Right. And just like that scheduling portion. But for me, like the editing stuff is like whenever I get into that creative kind of groove, then you get, you just got to go. Yeah. Take advantage of it. It seems like most people, whether it's that kind of realm, video editing, um, graphic design, something that works with, with designing or that type of creativity, I find most of those people are night people. I think. They work right up to deadlines and they are night people i think that's just when there's the least amount of, dis- of distractions which totally makes sense which like, I'm, I'm trying to get better Sleeping, that's like falling asleep that's not a distraction <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did, I did done. I've, tra- I've been trying to get better because I, I got like a little timer for my desk mm-hmm. so like even the, during the day like i'll set the timer and for some reason having that timer there helps me kind of stay focused like okay for the next hour yeah. put the phone down put it on silent yep. and just focus on and this focus. mm-hmm and that's not, I found that actually helps me. That's something I've done too. That's been a new thing for me in the new year. And, and it's something we're talking to our staff is although we connect and call each other a lot because we're in different offices, how much that phone can hinder you, right? Because it's just right there. How much it takes you away by just any alert that goes off. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I find myself doing that more than I ever have in just the past few weeks going, if I'm going to get this done, I need an hour. And it is, it's turn it off, put it away and go to work. And I just, I've had to do that. The, the more we take on, it's like, if you don't, it is, it's a kind of a whirlwind of a day. You're just constantly distracted and pulled away from what needs to be done. So it's sometimes there has to be a reset and that's something I'm working on right now going, it, I have to have more control over that. And not, I want to be accessible to customers, people, other employees, um, but sometimes you can't be effective if you are, if you're accessible to everybody all the time. It, it's just not going to work. Yeah. We're talking about earlier, too. If, any, if anybody has access to you and if everybody can have access to you and if everybody can afford you, then it's not valuable, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what makes it valuable, that it's not, that it's not accessible to everybody. Yeah. But then no one can, like, not everyone can afford it. But yeah. So, I mean, Lindsay, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. For, for coming guys. on with us. If, if people Talk want to know a little bit more about you, like where can they find you? Where can they get a hold of you? Mediologicradio.com. Um, it's an easier website is a good one to go on there. Um, Bobstock Music Festival. I mean, if those are some of the things we've talked about, um, I'm easy to find. Pretty much any of the emails on there come to me or Facebook, whatever. I'm pretty accessible. I'm around. Hang out at the All movie right. theater. I'll <laughs> sell you your tickets. <laughs> Awesome. Nice. Well, I appreciate you for coming on. I think people will probably be in contact with you soon. At least yeah. they should try they the should. popcorn. The, the, the popcorn is pretty good. Yeah. Popcorn we call good. It I'll, I'll show a brighter in here to kind of show it off a little bit. I know. Right. Next time. Okay. Thanks, well, guys. Appreciate it. Remember that an actory bun is to question. Oh.